Welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. Stop the rage. Well, sometimes, that is better. It may look like that person. But it ain't that person. Because whatever lives in the ground beyond that cemetery is human control. We'll tear your soul apart. Get me back, my Don't be afraid. No. Be afraid. Welcome back everybody to the Retro Bled as we continue our months long look at graveyards and cemeteries and 1980s horror movies. Up next, if you like glowing green eyes blonde who get in who get possessed by horny sex demons in a hologram mausoleum, boy this is a review for you brother because Retro Blood is talking all about Mausoleum. Mausoleum. Yeah. <laughs> over Mausoleum, here. Mausoleum, yes. Wow, what, a, what, a, what an intense. Allison, you, you got you to gotta tell me a story. When you go on yeah, your right. uh, your nightly walks through a cemetery, uh, yeah. or I should say daily walks, because they were in the daytime, mm-hmm. and then you exactly. see a glowing hologram mausoleum, and you go up to it, and you get inherited by a sex demon. How does that feel? Yep. Fantastic, man. Nothing's better. No, there's no kind of sex that's better than demon sex. I can tell you that. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, I just got to girl, Susan. I mean, she was fucking everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, man. Yep. There's, there's a lot. Of, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff to talk about in this, in this mausoleum treasure that we have on here on the Retro Blood. If you like uh, R&B music, this should be a good review for you, too. So, <laughs> But let me start off the Retro Blood off hot. Let me get it. Yeah, brother. We haven't we haven't popped a beer in a while. I just popped me a uh, yeah water watermelon dragon fruit, so this should be good. Yeah, I'm pouring a um, uh, warlock stout from Southern Tier. Oh, you'll hear hint yeah, hint you'll hear it pour hint 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 hint. I like it, brother. So, but yeah, so this this is a very very. <laughs> I actually really like this movie. All right, this movie. I love this movie. This movie had the right cheese. And it had it, it. It was basically coming after my soul. Okay, you know, you yeah. get you get a blonde that just wants to fuck everybody. You get a demon who's slimy. Uh, you got a bunch of neon lights and like tombs and shit. I mean, it's great. All right, mm-hmm. it should be awesome. So it's gonna be a fun, fun, good old review. But um, have to take a little swig of our beer. Got to get that dragon fruit yeah. going, brother. But you know we'll get into it because it's gonna be a fun a fun uh, review section on here. But like every retro blood, we go over the history mm-hmm. of what was going on in the uh, the metal and the pro wrestling during the release date of Mausoleum. And the Mausoleum is a uh, 1983 movie, and I'm all down for the 19. 19- you know, 1983 is a very interesting. Like you know, time period. You know what I mean? Like we're not at, we're not we're not the ninety five yet, where you know we start going to some like more like like 
you know, cheesy, more, how to say it, like just a little bit more different filming style. You know what I mean? I feel like we're, you know, we're, we're getting deep into the, the, the middle point of the 80s is when stuff is like kind of turning around, a little bit more commercialized, I guess I'm trying to say, you know? So we're still yeah, having like yeah. a certain like film style that we're still, you know, getting from the 70s over here. Um, but the release date for this one, for the uh, for the mausoleum, we're looking at about April 29th, 1983. So we got yep, a good two old... days after my birthday. Oh, there you go! Happy uh, happy birthday uh, before you were born here in 1983. Yep. Nope, I was born. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. So wait, yep. how old were you in 1983? Not to say your age on the. Uh, so in April of 1983, I turned nine. Oh, okay. There you go. So you you would almost be at the right amount of age to rent mausoleum. You know what I mean? You could probably you know sneak it. Uh, it well, might be. yeah. Back then, I don't know if I had been turned on to horror movies yet. It, I was close. Yeah. Um, but um trying to think when did poltergeist come out do you know oh i don't know we are going to be doing that one soon, right. but i don't know the top of my head all right well anyway poltergeist was the first horror movie i ever saw as far as i know um and i remember uh, um I, I up until that i did not like horror movies and i did not like that movie either when i first watched it yeah um it scared the shit out of me but i quickly adapted to it and became a horror fanatic not not long after that but yeah, so I could actually have rented this movie in 1983, but a young, uh, I did. young Allison would have loved all them tits in this movie. Yeah, yeah, because I, I was, I don't think I've told this story before, but I was basically a latchkey kid, and I was raised by the VCR. Yeah, so I would like get off the bus. I was, I was a little kid, and I'd get off the bus and walk home um, by myself, and then there would be like a movie or something that we would rent the night before that was that's in a little like dinner a little like a little snack for me to eat and um i would watch this movie until my mom and dad got home from work um or whatever movie it was so like i would have a movie to entertain me for two hours so i wouldn't get in trouble or whatever and then uh then they would come home and we'd eat supper or whatever um but yeah so but i i was like watching all like like a lot of horror movies like not too long after this like waiting for them and you could rent back then you could rent anything you wanted there was no such thing as id body yeah they're like fuck it you want to grab this one no problem so like i said you know we'll talk about the history segment of what's happening in the pro wrestling and the metal music around the release date april Mm -hmm. 23rd 1983 and i found two good gems for us on this show everybody so this should be pretty fun so on the wrestling check this out so you know we if you guys don't know by now if you listen to some of our past shows me and the allison we live around the north carolina area we do. And so, if we were rocking it out in the Trans Am, we would, we would be seeing two back-to-back Jim Crockett promotion shows in our hometown because we have a show in Greenville, South Carolina, and the next night we have a show in Asheville, North Carolina from Jim Crockett oh, Promotions, yeah. brother. And what a stock card these are. So, on the actual date that we can go out and see mausoleum either at your local j allison videotape store or some fucking mm-hmm. uh two two dollar uh uh pay as you go movie theater which this shit probably been seen at 
Uh, we would be in mm-hmm. Greenville, South Carolina, which, do you know the arena they have over there? I'm not sure it's the same one I saw SmackDown in. No, it no, it's definitely not. So yeah. back then, it was the uh, Greenville Memorial Auditorium. Oh, okay. Um, so it was a smaller arena. It was about the same size as the arena that we have in Asheville now. Um, and, um, it's a very famous building. I was really sad when they tore it down, but I know they needed a larger place. Um, famously Leonard Skinner played his last concert there. Oh, interesting. Um, but they, yeah, they, they played in Greenville. Um, and then they loaded up on the plane to fly to Mississippi and then the plane crashed. Um, but they, they, they ran a lot of Jim Crockett ran a lot of wrestling shows there, um, in that time period. Yeah. And this, so this show would not have great. been unusual. Yeah. So we have, check this opening match out. Dusty Rhodes defeated Adrian Street. Viva! Disqualification, brother. Of course. Of course. There can't be a wrestling match or wrestling card in the 80s without at least one disqualification. That is for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We have a uh, a retro blood legend, Sam Houston. Uh, he defeated mm-hmm. Body, Buddy Bass. I'm going to say Body Bass. <laughs> it's buddy buddy bass. buddy bass we have oh allison's favorite don cronodal oh yeah don cronodal yeah back to the retro blood back to the retro blood bro defeated johnny weaver okay mm-hmm. pez watley defeated kurt von hess Tully blanchard defeated brian atlas or uh, brian adidas nwa world champion rick flair fought NWA Tag Team Champion Ricky Steamboat to a draw. So, you think it was an hour that limit? Was the, Probably was an hour, brother. You mm, act like he went an hour. I bet, uh, yeah, I, I bet you it was. I bet that was an hour limit Broadway right there. But, um, yeah, that I mean, just imagine that, man. And that's like yeah. a house show? Yeah. yeah I mean, just, just, a, just That's crazy. That's unbelievable, really. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable to see. Um, but then again, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like it was normal for the time just like now there are probably people that are into wrestling now that are amazed that i saw you know stone cold steve austin won the title from the undertaker on raw in 1999 yeah and um a lot of people will be shocked because i think i said this story before but you know for a house show like when i first moved to texas from miami um, my mom yep. entered like a uh, a contest because she she got one of her cars that she actually still has today, this Ford car, and when she bought it, yeah. she got entered into a raffle to get two front row tickets to go see a WWF house show, and this is probably around two thousand and one, during the Evasion yeah. era, and she won the tickets, so me and my brother went, and the main event of that night when we had front row tickets. I'm pretty sure we're there wow. in the American Airlines. The front row tickets during the Evasion era, we saw up close and personal the Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wow. I mean, at how big? Show. Yeah, at a house show. How big can you get? And this is during the Evasion era. So, like, you know, WWE was like kind of like, you know, I got to see Raven there. RVD was there. You know, they had a, you know, during, you know, obviously the Evasion era is like a very hit or miss creatively for the WWF at the time. Yeah, yeah. But I mean the the stars though, I mean you got everybody. You got like WCW people on there. You got ECW people on there. You got the WWF people on there. It really was a stacked roster. And boy that house show was fun. Uh you're a uh, 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 main eventer anywhere meet 
was there. Sean Stasiak, he was there showing off his abs. <laughs> I mean, come on, brother. What more do you need? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, house shows um, yeah, can be really fun. Ex- yeah, back then, I actually liked house shows better than going to a, a televised show. Televised shows obviously have more story to them, but house shows were just are just jam-packed with matches. It's just matches for three hours. Yeah, and they're fun so you matches. get more matches at a house show, and they're yeah. fun, yeah. Yeah, you get you get a, a lot. Like, so basically, with house shows, you know, for people not familiar with that, you know, the the wrestling house show is basically it's for stars and it's for like different, you know, feuds to kind of like per, um, like perfect their match. So yeah. you know, like let's say I'll just do an example that we have right now. Let's say, uh, well, they're not doing this, but let's say like maybe. I was going to say Cody and Roman, but they're probably not doing house show matches, but probably like, you know, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, they, they would, you know, I'm not sure. If, I'm not really sure how the system works nowadays, but back in the day, what they, what they would be is, you know, before their big match at WrestleMania or their big match at whatever pay-per-view, they would do a couple house shows together to get very familiar with each other, you know, get the match down, yeah. see what the audience likes. So when they get to the pay-per-view match, it would be perfected, you know? Mm-hmm. So they would do that and then, you know, it's just weird though because, you know, in two thousand one, you know, Austin and The Rock really weren't like, you know, feuding with each other. You know, they, you know, like Rock was mostly out with Booker T and that side of the evasion, while like Stone Cold was like with like you know Kurt Angle stuff. So, you know, I got pretty lucky seeing that uh, main event of those guys, you know, going at it. So sometimes they have like big, big uh, house show main events like that to draw people in. So yes. Yeah, so that was a good show to see. That was yeah. awesome. So, speaking of this show, the main that wasn't mm-hmm. even the main event of Ric Flair versus no, that wasn't Rick, even the main that event. wasn't even wow. the main event, guys. All right, this is mm-hmm. how stacked this shit is. We have in the main events a tag team match. Jack and Jerry Briscoe defeated Mark and NWA Tag Team Champion Jay Youngblood. Viva disqualification, brother. Wow. Okay. So. That headlined over yes. Flair and Steamboat. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, because Flair and Steamboat is only a draw. This one we had to have, brother. This is this is the house show. We got to have a disqualification. Okay, we got to leave that's the true. we got to leave the we got to leave the fans coming back for more, brother. So um, they actually did the next night in Asheville, mm-hmm. North Carolina, at the Civic Center, and this was a matinee yep. show as well too. Um, and then this wow, one, okay. this one, check out the main event for this show that happened right after. That. I mean, we, we would have definitely done this loop because it's Greenville, Absolutely. South Carolina, and Asheville. I mean, like, that's two back-to-back. We definitely would have done that little loop. Uh, the main event for the Asheville, North Carolina one was NWA World Champion Ric Flair defeated Greg Valentine in a no-disqualification match. So he actually defeated him. Wow. While there's no disqualification, so he actually got we a actually pin. Had for to win it. Yes, he actually yeah. had to win it. <laughs> Check this one out. NWA US champion Rowdy Piper defeated NWA TV champion Dick Slater. Just I just it's just mind blowing to me yeah. to think that these people were, were performing in my in my hometown. Yeah. Man, we, yeah, I haven't just, seen any wrestling around here in Asheville. Like, I don't know. I mean, I know FDR no, is free here. Be, That's about it. Yeah. I mean, there, as far as wrestling coming to town, there used to be way more wrestling here now or here than there is now. Um, 
I don't, I mean, I think the pandemic killed it for wrestling. Wrestling has never been back to Asheville since the pandemic for whatever reason. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, house shows, that's that house shows died. That's why. Yeah. Cause you know, you're not going to get a raw here. The arena is just too small. Yeah. But you could, you could get a house show. Um, but you know, there just hasn't been any house shows since then. Hopefully yeah. they'll start that back up. Like AEW needs to do either a dynamite from Asheville or they need to do a, uh, at least a house show from there. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, you know, I know Greenville got SmackDown. Um, I saw that a couple, like about last month. Yeah. So that's probably yeah, like the closest. A, that's the common part of the loop. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the 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 most like, you know, the closest to where we where we stay out. That's getting uh, the wrestling around mm-hmm. unless we want to go to like Tennessee, or if we want to go to Charlotte. So. But yeah, everybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, definitely we're having uh, during this uh, during this release of the mausoleum. We definitely have two. Like, I mean, I you know something that we talked about here before, and we I want to stress this to you guys, especially if you know you know if you're not too familiar with wrestling, or you know you're kind of curious a little bit about wrestling in the '80s. So what me and Allison described. So Jim Crockett promotion. That is the territory that you go there to see great wrestling action. Okay, it's yes, kind of like AEW. Best. So as 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 people, me and Allison, who live the gimmick, which we do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we post pictures of us going to rock concerts. We post pictures of going to wrestling yeah. matches. So we're kind of like connoisseurs yeah. of the two. Mm-hmm. I can tell you guys up front, AEW, which is very close to how WCW or Jim Crockett used to be, their shows, live shows, are a lot more interactive, a lot more fun when it comes to in ring action than the some of the WWF shows. Now, not all of them. You know, WWF shows have great pay-per-views, you know? Yes. Big-time pay-per-views, you know, big-time matches. But I've been to house shows, and I've been to um, TV tapings with the WWE, and then compare it to how AEW is. To me, there's not too, many, not too much comparison because the live shows are just a, lot, a little bit more fun when it comes to the AEWs. It's, it's just a lot more in-ring action, you know? And that's how yeah, Jim Crocker sure. promotions was in this era, the eighties, compared to WWF house shows. Yes, M- more in ring, more harder hitting. Um, which you could definitely say that AEW is more harder hitting. Um, I would say, I mean, your comparison is accurate, but I would say that AEW is kind of what WCW became or in, or what Crockett became when it turned into WCW. Yeah. Um, you know, it was still, it's still good wrestling, but it was a little more professional, yeah. maybe yeah, more yeah. higher, higher production value. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. Got, got a little more juice going on there, brother. So yeah, I mean like, you know, we're getting all pumped up that Trans Am, man. We don't have to go too far for it this month. We probably would have gone yeah, to think, the, I mean, the Greenville. We got to head up the, hit up the Asheville and then, Go to your local mom and pop. Was this was this movie released in like theaters? I didn't find any of that information. If it was, um, it says it was had a small release. Okay. Um, really it, was, it was it was given a limited release um in April 29th, nineteen eighty three, and then it was released right after that by Embassy on VHS. Yes, you got it. So, what are we gonna be listening to? Wow. We're driving to these house wrestling house shows and while we're going to the limited theater release. Well, <laughs> I found a band which 
Mm-hmm. Right when I heard this band, I was like, there is no way that Mr. Allison on this show does not know who this band is. And I was right. listening to these guys, and they're fantastic. Like, I don't know where these guys have been, and I got a little history so, about them, too. This is going to be great, because I, I, didn't, I didn't look this up or anything, so I have no idea what's coming to me. So this is going to be straight off the top of my head, whatever yes. we get. So let's go. So this band, I. They apparently like they came they 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 were um they were on the rise but they're also on the rise at the same time as bands like Metallica Slayer and you know you know Iron Maiden was doing really good during this time as well so they didn't get a lot of yeah. like when I was reading about them they didn't get a lot of like fanfare but boy when I'm listening to these guys I love this album I was listening to it all the way so the band I'm talking about that released their album on April twenty eighth. 1983 is the band Warlord. Oh, yeah, the first Warlord album. The first Warlord album, Deliver Us. What's it called? Deliver Us from Evil? Yeah, Deliver Us. Deliver Us. It's called Deliver Us, but their song is Deliver Us from Evil. It's the top track. Yeah. It's a great track. Um, Mm -hmm. There's also like, so I was doing like review, I was doing like my research about this band. And, you know, I like to see the live performance. So I went on YouTube, like you know, try to f- figure out if I could find a live performance. So you know, they and still ro- they still <laughs> they still rock today, okay? Like they I didn't do, really, yeah. But it's not the original. Yeah, they do, but right. But um, the original band only played one show ever, as far as I know. Yeah, and I found that show. Like they never, like the well, so kind of. So they released. So the the original band refused to play live shows because okay. they didn't want to be a, an LA club band. And then they released this Deliver Us album, but then they lost their singer. At least it's the way I'm trying to remember this. They lost their singer, and then in 1984 or 5, they played a show and recorded it for a DVD, which had their second singer. So they actually played two shows, but they but the original band only played one show ever. Okay. And then, um, so there was no, there's never been a war, there was never a Warlord tour. And then I think they got back together but played with a different singer and then they recorded this DVD, this thing was going to be released on DVD. Um, I can look that up real quick, but I think that's accurate. But anyway, you found the live show. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's one live show that has like the, like they're the, like, you know, a little older on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this one I found that's like, has the, it's I actually, I think it was recorded in 1983 and it has, okay. uh, the their singer this guy is like fucking 80s as there could be on right. there like he has like these fucking white boots and all kinds of i mean this is crazy i'll play a little clip for it um but i was really really, really digging this band like very cool sound they kind of have like this little power metal sound to them but they're also kind of like a little like i don't know how to sp- explain like a little bit groovy as well too like they're just like very fun kind of oh. band yeah so I was wrong about that. So they did only play one show, but that show was the one that was recorded for that thing that you have. Okay. So yeah. yeah, so the only show the original lineup ever played was the one you have recorded. Yes. Yeah, th- yeah, that was the original one on there. Um and then they got like a and then I guess the the they have like a newer singer now. Um It's like the Yeah, for a while. Go ahead. I was going to say for a while the guy from Hammerfall was their singer. Yeah. Because Hammer, those Hammerfall guys were really influenced by that Warlord album. Warlord is like one of those cult. They're a cult band. They're kind of like Anvil. They're like a cult band that just like 
not not a lot of people knew about, but people that did love them. And you're you know if you if you find another warlord fan or a, an anvil fan, you're like immediately like in this like family of of you know of fans or whatever. But yeah, like a lot of people, it's like it's kind of like a lost album. They're kind of like a lost band because they never they never toured, and they, it was hard for them to keep a lineup. Like they couldn't keep a singer, but that guy, the guitar player that wrote all the songs, that guy was brilliant. Yeah, like his his songs are so good. Yeah, Every and his solos are great too. Great. Like oh, solos yeah, to go, absolutely. the rhythms really good. Like I was very surprised when I was watching them live i'm like man like these guys are like very talented you know like it just yeah they have like it's kind of like i call it so i call it journey rock not like the band journey but like it's like a journey <laughs> like you're going you're like you're going to battle like it like, takes you on a journey like, it takes you yeah, like on a journey yeah. like you know there's a story behind it it has like this like journey type of music like okay we're gonna we're getting the uh you know the some of the troops ready and it's not like heavy metal but it's kind of like it's like lord of the rings like we're going to go we're going to go find the ring in this forest mm. over here it's kind of like yes. that yeah. style rock and roll um but yeah, like uh <laughs> something i kind of like about the band and apparently like people didn't really like this though i thought it was like kind of funny is like um like the band had like gimmick names and I don't mind when a band does like gimmick names, you know. Some some people don't like it. It's like, oh, just give me their fucking real names. But I don't mind the, uh, the some of the gimmick names. So during this this first you know this first album, Deliver Us and stuff, the the main singer, the lead singer, his name was Jack Rucker. Okay, and this guy is great. That's the guy I was talking about with the white boots on there, fucking '80s hair and shit. Like this guy, bro. This guy had great stage presence. All right, I'm mm -hmm. like, what the. This guy should have been like something a little bit bigger, in my opinion. But his fucking name was Damon King. Okay. So we had the guitar yeah. and the bass, William J. I can't even say his fucking last name. He he was Destroyer. And he was also known <laughs> yes, as cool. The Raven. Okay. The Raven. We have Mark Zander, has the drums. He was mm -hmm. Allison's favorite. Thunder Child. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, we have um and then we have the keyboards uh was it Diane? And his name Diane, yeah. Diane was the keyboard yeah. player. And his name was Sentinel. Huh? I mean fuck how eighties can you get with these fucking bands? Huh? That's yeah, that's perfect. Fucking great. I just think that's cool. Yeah, that's that, cool. Because it's so it, they were so it, <laughs> They're a weird band because they were they were simultaneously ahead of their time and way behind the times. Mm. Like if they'd come out in the late seventies, they would have been huge. Yeah. Or if they'd come out in the, in the middle nineties, they would have been huge. Because you know, like I mean, the sound is different, but like you know, those late eight well, I guess late eighties, but those late eighties, like black metal bands from Norway, those guys all had like gimmick names. Yeah. And it was it was cool then for the for those guys to have gimmick names, but these guys, it, which is, you know, I mean, this is all bullshit, right? Because all those LA bands had gimmick names, like, you know, yeah, Slash's do. name is not Slash, and Axl Rose's name is not Axel, and you know, those guys all had gimmick names, and the Motley Crue guys all had gimmick names. So it's just these guys had like gimmick names that went along with their gimmick, which is what's wrong with that, you know? Yeah, and um, apparently they're. The, the the main title track off this album Deliver Us was the uh Lucifer's Hammer. 
because that's the one yeah, that got the most uh, play, which is a great song. Um, you know, it has a lot of good melodies, a lot of good lo- vocals to it. Now, Allison, you know, you're a little bit more music aficionado uh, than I am. Would this be kind of sounds like power metal? Yeah, I would consider this power metal. Okay. Um, it's 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 like early early American style power metal. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit before power metal, but yeah, yeah I would call this power. Yeah, metal. because you know when I think of like power metal, I think of like iced earth and shit. You know what I mean? Like something like that, mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, kind of. Or like you know. Yeah, you know, just a little bit more. Just a little bit different. But these guys are kind of like in the like I would say like the like like I, I, like you're saying like kind of like in the middle of the power um, power metal. But everybody, yeah. you know, I'll play some stuff on the YouTube. Uh, I'll probably play us the Deliver Us from Evil because that was probably my favorite track that they did. Uh, but you know, these mm-hmm. guys, the stage presence was great. Um, the outfits look good. I mean, the um, the guitarist, um, this William guy, Destroyer, like this guy was great yeah. on this fucking guitar. He's like shredded and everything. I mean, like. I was like, you know, so, you know, how I am kind of now today is how I'd be in the 80s. And I would probably really like this band because I I am, I'm not the biggest fan of like, you know, all like the radio bands a lot. You know what I mean? Like the super yeah, hardcore, like, yeah. you know, all like, yeah, look at these guys. They're the best. I mean, no, I, I want to see like the underground ones. You know, I want to see the guys who put like the effort into it and be different. You know, that's how I've always been when it comes to like music and stuff. And I could just tell I could have been, I would have been a big fan of this band. So. Everybody, check it out, Warlord. Like I said, I'll be playing some of their stuff on the on the uh, Facebook page. Let's try to get these guys going. And uh, like I said, I think they still do a little touring today. But the the the, the, the singer that they have um, nowadays is just a little different from the uh, from the guy back in the day. I kind of like the guy back in the day a little bit better. But you know, they still have some good yeah. tracks that plus, they'd be playing on there. Plus, I think the guitar player de- has has died now. I think he passed away. So. So they're probably playing with no original members now, but but still, yeah, right? it's, it's great though. This album is really good. If you, yeah. it's all yeah, you can stream it. So it's yeah. on the Spotify's. So listen to it. It's a great album. Yeah, listen to Warlord, it. Warlord, deliver us. Warlord, brother. All right, so let's move along. Talking a little bit about more about this mausoleum movie. So we're gonna be talking about who booked this shit, brother. Mm-hmm. Boy, I need to talk to this guy. <laughs> What the hell are you thinking <laughs> with this shit? So it was directed by Michael Dungan. And mm-hmm. I didn't really find too much stuff that this guy did. Did you find out anything that this guy did a little bit? or Not really. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that he just, I, I mean, I'm sure he still worked in the industry, but I, you know, I think that he was not a feature filmmaker mostly. Yeah. You know, you know. So a couple of interesting facts about this uh about this movie so while it wasn't prosecuted for obscurity this film was seized and confiscated in the uk under the section three of the obscene publication act 1959 during the video nasty pandemic so this is the one where they fucking got this shit in europe they're like nope we ain't you ain't you ain't getting this shit out here all right brother i was like yeah, we always talk about that a lot yeah. You ain't doing no demon sex here in fucking England, brother. Right. <laughs> but yeah, like a lot of, um, a lot, you know, like we talk about this a lot. Like a lot of the movies that we cover here were, uh, you know, either prosecuted for obscenity in England or in England or just yeah. wasn't, they weren't allowed to be released. And, 
Um, which is, you know, so strange for us as Americans, right? Because that would almost never happen in America. Like, you know, you pretty much can release anything you want. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's just so odd when I hear other countries like that say, no, this is too obscene. This horror movie is too obscene for you to release. Yeah. And that shit went under the fucking, it's like some sort of like government act to not show this fucking movie. I'm like, damn. Exactly. Like that just makes people want to see it more. To be honest with you. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, what's so crazy? They probably did. I mean, they probably watched bootleg versions. Yeah. And I'm just like, I mean, was it really that crazy? I mean, yeah, the blonde had fucking green eyes and she had sex with people, but like, what's so crazy about it? So. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not as bad as a lot of the ones we talked about. Yeah. So this film was released theoretically in the United States in the spring of 1983, like we talked about. Uh, And it (laughs) apparently it won a reward. I never heard of this before. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a real? Like, it won the special jury prize at the 13th Mm -hmm. Paris Film Festival of Sci-Fi and Fantasy Films in December that year. I'm like, who? What movies did they beat? (laughs) 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 Okay. So you're telling me this audience is like, oh yeah, you know, see the the green neon lights of her eyes were just so. It's, you don't see that a lot in films and stuff. You got that hologram and that <laughs> shit in there. That's great, you know. Yeah, that nomads and shit. Yeah, I got it. That, when the, they win. We win. They win, yeah. It's probably because of the girl's tits. That's that's what I think it won. Maybe. I mean, it uh, is France. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. There you go. That makes sense. So this film was given a limited release throughout in the United States by Motion Picture Marketing. Like we said, it was on the mm-hmm. April 29th, 1983. And it was released on VHS by Ambassador B. Home uh, Entertainment. And it was later, later mm-hmm. passed in the United Ki- uh, Kingdom by the British Board of Film Classifications, BBC, for video release in March 1998. So this shit didn't get into England until 1998. So. Wow. So it took a little while, which is cool. So, um, but yeah, I mean, a uh, couple of... Uh, Couple, couple fun little, little trivia stuff about this movie. I can't believe it actually won a reward, but that's pretty cool. It's, it's not bad. It's not that bad. So, but we'll, we'll get into it, everybody, because this one is like I want to take a lot of time on this actual review because there is a lot of great scenes on this one. But let's get into Mausoleum. Was it a broken dream, an unfinished memory? What terrible secret drew Susan to the mausoleum? (laughs) I, I, I didn't mean to scare you, Mrs. Farrell. She gave her soul to the evil force in the mausoleum. What's the matter, Susan? What in the crook's name is... Oh, my God! Now, the secret haunts her, and she cannot control the power. some strange shit going on in this house.
are you talking about? What's wrong with my wife? She's not your wife. The woman you're living with looks like Susan. She looks exactly like your wife, but she's not your wife. She lives in horror as she tries to escape the demon she has become. Go to the mausoleum tonight. A new dimension in fright. An experience of untold terror. It's a table! I am going to finish what your father died trying to do! Are you brave enough to enter the mausoleum? Alright. So we start the movie. And we're like in a graveyard. Alright. Or cemetery. I guess this wouldn't be more like a cemetery because they have like big cemetery plots everywhere. And this actually okay. kind of reminded me. Didn't we we had a movie that started off very similar to this where they showed like a grave. Wasn't um what's that one? It's the City of the Living Dead. Where we have like graveyards and shit everywhere. We had a spooky music going on. So we get our character mm-hmm. exactly. younger Susan. Okay, and she she is there with her aunt, mm-hmm. and apparently Susan's mom just died, and of course you know the younger Susan's all upset. The um, the aunt's like, "Hey, we gotta get home. You know, I don't want you to catch a cold and everything." She's like, "You're you're not going to my real home." <laughs> and the girl's like listen you'll get that home that you lived in you'll get the estate when you're older like you'll get inherited all the estate of the house when you're older but you gotta come with me now I don't want you to catch a cold and then younger Susan freaks out and she runs through the the cemetery in daylight have you ever seen a person like in a horror movie run through the cemetery during daylight it is rare yes I thought it actually looked kind of neat you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I feel like, okay, we're, we're, we got the rights to the cemetery, but we can only come during the daytime. All right? There's no nighttime action over here. Did you notice that? We, like, like in the actual cemetery part, like, we never saw it during, like, the nighttime. You know? Yeah, because I mean, it requires, it would require lighting, which this film probably can't afford. Yes. So, and then the aunt name, her name is uh, Cora. So... Mm-hmm. So younger Susan, she's running through all the cemetery and everything. Next thing there, she stops at a tree, and then she looks over, and she sees a mausoleum on fire, glowing hologram. Yes. So somehow we now have holograms in our <laughs> 1980s cemetery movies, and she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you don't see that every day, do you?" So she goes over there. It's like drawing to her. All right. And she's like, I mean, this takes forever too. Like, she's like going over there. <laughs> I'm mean, like, it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're taking our time here. I can appreciate that. You know, she stops at the gate, still in the trance, everything. It stopped glowing a little bit. <laughs> then we get inside the actual mausoleum. Okay. And I don't know about you, Allison, and everybody out, out there, but I've never seen a neon tomb before but we had it here this we had this here in this movie brother we had neon green lights we had neon purple lights it looked like somebody like okay we were gonna it's like it looked like a 1990 1990s dude just went to spencer's okay and got a bunch mm-hmm. of fucking neon lights everywhere 
It was great. I loved it. <laughs> so we're in this neon tomb. Alright. And <laughs> out of nowhere, <laughs> this guy comes in. Can you explain <laughs> this to me, Allison? This guy comes in. He's like I no, I cannot explain it to you, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> he's like he's like, Little girl, what are you doing here? And he starts like, oh, 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 oh. It literally sounded like that. Oh, oh, oh. And then you see this little hand. Like, it looked like Nosferatu, <laughs> like, in the, like in the in the little yep. shadow background. And uh, they're during yeah. this whole time, Susan, she's like in a trance and everything. But this guy, like, he, like, gets out of the tomb, right? And then he walks a little bit down there, and then his head explodes. And I was like, man, we're yeah. starting off hot over well, that's here. That's what happens. Yeah, that's what happens when you get attacked by demons. Yeah. And then, after all this is happening, we can see now Susan's eyes are now glowing neon green. So Which she is a is, recurring theme. Yes. It was, yes. So, so this is an interesting uh, format, too. So, you know, usually in horror movies, we get like 10 years later, 5 years later, 20 years later. No, not this movie. They just fucking cut to the aunt being old. All right? And she's going to go visit... Um, Susan's like doctor, her psychiatrist, Doctor Simon. All right, and like every horror movie, the doctor doesn't believe in supernatural bullcrap. Okay, right. so, so the aunt is there. She's like, "Listen, you know, I feel like Susan's acting like Susan's older now. By the way, like we didn't get no time jump or nothing. They just we just automatically have to know that." You know, we're here and that's, you know, that's where we're at. So Susan is now older now. She's like an adult woman. She got the, the, her mother's house inherited to her. And now the aunt is kind of worried about Susan because she's starting to act like her mother before her mother passed away. And the doctor was all like, listen, you say this every fucking year. Okay. (laughs) That's what he said. He's like, you say this every year. I'm like, fuck. He's like, I've been treating Susan since she's been 10 years old. You know what I mean? I'm like close to her and everything. And then like, then Cora like had like these eyes like, what do you mean you're close to him? So I thought that part was interesting. And then um, they basically go on. She's like, hey, have you ever heard of the nomad family? Doctor's like, ah, yeah, you always said all that, you know, that sci-fi monster shit. You got a very creative imagination. And she's like, can you just read this fucking book? Okay. (laughs) It's like, oh, maybe I'll give it a try. So this is when, you know, then we actually see the older Susan. She is now visiting her mother's grave over here. And mm-hmm. she is getting um, lured in to the to, to the mausoleum. She keeps saying, it's not on fire like a hologram now, but it's, she could see it over there. And you could tell that the, uh, you know, she a lot of the stuff that she had, I guess, as a kid is starting to come back. And apparently she is now married to a guy named Oliver now. Which, we didn't talk about this on our Who Booked This Shit, but the guy who plays Oliver apparently is a fair, very famous, like, preacher. Really? Yeah. Like, he, he was, like, big into, like, preaching. That's actually how he got recognized as being a big, uh, like, a, like, a preacher, like a touring preacher everywhere. And he became so famous as being like, a preacher but, that he actually started playing roles of yeah. him being a preacher. Obviously, it wasn't in this movie, but he was in roles of him being a preacher, which is pretty So crazy. that was before he was in this movie. 
Yeah, that was before he was in this movie. And he actually took a, he actually took a couple acting roles as a preacher um, until and then somehow he made this movie. And then he later on go to make wow. more films where he would be like a preacher in most of the movies. Interesting. Yeah. So while, while um, Susan is visiting the grave, Doc decides to read this book now. So after all these years, he's decided to read the Nomad book. So now, um, you know, Susan, once she goes into the, like the mausoleum and stuff, you know, she's starting to get memorized by the whole mausoleum, and then she just wakes up on her couch. And this is when we meet Oliver. You know, that's the husband. And, like, you know, she basically doesn't really know how she got here. And they're kind of talking, you know, talking a little bit back and forth. And then, out of nowhere, you see, like, this, probably my favorite character on this whole movie. <laughs> you mm. see the the gardener, Ben. Yes. Creepy Ben. This guy, I don't, this guy, he was, like, so, like, they're talking, right, Oliver and Susan in the house, and he's, like, by, like, the front door, just, like, creeping in on them. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's like Fantastic. a peeping time guy. <laughs> this guy's my favorite character. And there's a swerve with him, too, which I did not expect. Um, so Oliver goes to answer the door. Um, the gardener is basically just saying, like, hey, I'm finished up this job and everything. And, you know, like, hey, is, is Mrs., uh, Mrs., you know, is Susan okay and everything? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then, then he leaves, and, you know, Oliver makes a little funny joke. Like, yeah, then the gardener guy likes you. Um, he keeps saying Mr. Farrell because... Oliver, Oliver, it's Oliver Farrell and Su- Susan Farrell. Um, yes. So then, out of nowhere, okay, after the uh, creepy gardener leaves, Oliver wants to go to the club now and dance. I was like, okay, let's do this. I'm ready to go to the club as well. Let's get let's get this let's, going. Let's go to the club. All let's right? do it. Yeah. And then while this is happening, Ben's like creepy. Like if. I had to do a uh, like a still shot of this guy's face creeping on because it was definitely creepy. He was like looking through the window, like yeah, they're gonna go clubbing. <laughs> so now uh, Susan is getting ready. Uh, uh, Oliver, like every man's, like you need to hurry up because we we got a table. We might lose it. And I was like, brother, I know the feeling. Yeah, these women cannot oh, get ready yes, on time. You, yes, you do. They yes, have to be there by do. eight. If I brought, you know who, she, we would have been late. everybody we were fucking lost that table so this so this whole movie is like pretty great okay you guys you know i know we're doing a review here but you have to you have to watch this they arrive at the club okay (laughs) and then out of nowhere this fucking beard guy who looks like yeah okay he looked like two people to me all right allison okay he looked like first of all he looked like um the main dude in the thing just with blonde hair. You know, the Kurt Russell's character? He looked like him. Yeah, yeah. And he also looked like that motherfucker from that uh, that Santa Claus movie we did that's like Home Alone. Yes. You know, San- so I was, gonna, I was trying to yeah. find that out because, yeah, Dan Haggerty. Like, I thought it was yeah. Dan Haggerty when I saw this. It looked exactly like but that I don't, motherfucker. I, surely, he would be in, surely he would be listed in the casting. Yeah, I didn't see him at all in here. But I was like, fuck, this guy, <laughs> he looks exactly like that guy. So they walk into the club, right? And the fucking uh, Haggerty motherfucker with the blonde hair, his <laughs> girlfriend or wife, whatever, she's like, you're not even going to pay attention to me? You're just going to see that fucking, uh, you just want her? He's like, he's like, listen, I'm here with you. 
And then he's just like, whatever, bitch, get out of the way. <laughs> all right. That's me. <laughs> so all of this, you know, Oliver and uh, Susan are hanging out at the table first, but then they go for a dance. All right. So it's sort of like 80s dancing and shit. And then next thing you know, out of nowhere, this fucking butler guy comes up. He's like, hey, Oliver, you have a phone call. I'm like, what the fuck? Does this guy own the club or something? <laughs> like, we didn't get this established. Like, how does he taking phone calls at this club? So the other girl that, that the, the blonde big dude was hanging out with, all right, she leaves. All right, she just, like, leaves. And this guy's, like, staring a hole through Susan. Okay? Yeah. And, like, I'm going to talk about this. I mean, you got one creeper. You got Ben Gardner creeper. Now we got this fucking bearded dude's a creeper, too. And this guy... Like, he just goes up to her and starts, like, forcibly dancing with her. I'm like, I'm not really sure this is how it works, man. Okay? She's, like, dancing with her and shit. She, like, pushes her and shit. And she's, like, she's like all, like, weirded out by it. But doesn't, like, say anything. She just goes back to the table. And at first, I'm like, like you know, and, like, you know, I'm an audience member. I'm like, okay. So we know there's something going on with this Susan character. Like, does she have, like, mind powers over certain men or something? So it just wasn't established at this time, but you could tell like there's like certain men are just like very drawn to her at this time. So Oliver comes back, and he's like, "Hey, the contract." He's like, "Girl, we're good to go. The contracts are signed. We're rich now." And she's like, "I don't care. Let's get out of here." He's like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> so I know the feeling, brother. I know the feeling. So they're outside waiting everything and this fucking bearded beast comes out there and he's just fucking just like pumps. He just shoulder, he like, like shoulder checked everybody. Fucking boom, her, boom, her. I was like, damn. And then like, you know, Oliver wants to fight. I'm like, bro, you'd lose that fight. And then, um, (laughs) and then the bearded guy goes inside the car and then the car just like starts to catch on fire. So Oliver like tries to go over there and help him out, and then we see that it's Susan doing it with her green glowing neon eyes. Yeah, she set the car on fire with her eyes, like I, Superman. Well, well, Superman <laughs> has red eyes. I mean, well, I guess it's kind that was, of... right. It says set their green. It's like Superman's eyes are set their green. Sorry, so <laughs> I have I, conversation. I have something to bring up after. So you know, so we established that she can use supernatural firepower with her green glowing eyes, and she used it pretty yeah. quick, right? That was pretty quick, right? Yeah, yeah. I okay, mean, yeah. We'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. So Oliver, he's trying to get the fucking you know car open and shit, but it doesn't work, and the guy fucking blows up in the car, so he's gone. So he just like blows up in the car. So now it's the next morning. All right. And then this is when we meet um, one of our characters who is actually a pretty famous comedian character. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is... Uh, um, Lawanda Lo- Page. Yes. Lo- yes. That's her. That's her. Uh, that's her real name. Oh, yes. And then in this name, she was like Chelsea. So, but yes, but her, the, the, uh, the character, she's a very famous like comedian act- actress. So, yeah, she played uh, on Esther on Sanford and Son, one of my favorite shows of all time. Yes. And she was great in this movie. She was all like, all right, so you're telling me I'm getting some eggs, milk, bread, and tuna? And she's like, and, and Susan's like, yeah, and get some of that, uh, uh, I don't know what the hell she said. It's like some sort of like random <sighs> fruit. And she's like, yeah, okay, she, spell it. 
<laughs> just like M U. Okay, just get just get fucking cantaloupe. <laughs> yeah, it was that was pretty hilarious. Like I could I yeah. couldn't I can't remember what she told her to get. She's it was like, like, I yeah. spell that. And it, and then she was trying to spell it. She's like, yeah, just get cantaloupe. Just get cantaloupe. And then she then she says another f- food I never heard before. I guess it was some sort of meat for some like uh, some of their neighbors. And the other girl's like, why don't right. you just get them hot dogs? I was like, yeah, buddy. And then uh, the Chelsea, she's basically saying like she's gonna have to take some days off and stuff. And Susan was all cool with it. So during all this stuff, the creepy gardener Ben, he's like picking his belly button while being a creep. Mm-hmm. All right, so he's creeping out everything. So he knocks on the door, and then Susan answers. And Susan's kind of like in a uh, house robe, I guess you should say. And uh, Oliver's like, hey, you know, uh, you know, is Oliver here? And she's like, no. He's like, okay, good. And then she's like, well, what do you want and stuff? He's like, well, you know, I can take a cup of coffee. And so he gets his coffee, but you can tell that, you know, Ben is like really into Susan. And he wants to do like, you know, one of those like porno scenarios where like, you know, you're like the gardener yeah. and shit and you're getting like the hot blonde. And he was all like, you know, he's just trying to be all flirtatious and stuff. And she wasn't really having it, you know, because she's like trying to cover up her, her, her breast area. And eventually, uh, yeah, he goes out there, sips a cup of coffee, you know, he leaves and stuff. And then we see a little transformation within Susan, like some sort of horny sex demon has taken over i was like are we watching an anime over here what's going on so <laughs> so she, so she's getting ready and everything and then that then we get a bunch of montages of ben for some reason like we see him like chopping a stud like one of those like tree studs a bunch and then we see him eating breakfast then we see him napping mm-hmm. then we see him go back to this this stub and then during all very this very engrossing yes I was like, okay, we need a montage of Ben. So during all this stuff, now Susan is upstairs. Okay, she is. Uh, she's getting her green eyes going a little bit, and she is, decides to get naked. Like she's naked now, and she puts on a bathrobe. All right, so we got our first naked Susan of the movie, which we see a lot of. Um, and then she 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 goes outside, right? With with a, with a cup of wine on like the balcony, and she yes. looks at she, she looks at uh, Ben over there. Ben's like you know he's chopping his wood. You know what I mean? And he looks over. He's like, oh, wait a minute. What's she doing up there with the with the towel on and wine? And then and then Susan oh so slowly takes out the little towel to expose her breast area. Yeah. All right, and Ben's like. Oh fuck! Okay, wait a minute. This is getting serious now. All right. <laughs> so, after all that flirtation stuff happens, then like the wine glass like cracks a little bit, and then we cut the scene. Right? It's like nighttime now. Oliver, he's like nowhere to be sighted. He works really late. We didn't. I, we never really like figured out what he did, but I guess he like say, I, I, the only thing I could guess he sells like re, re, uh, re, you know houses and shit. Sure, that'll work. So, so this is my favorite part of the movie. All right. So Susan's out there, right? And she's all like, and I, then she like she goes up to uh, this is nighttime, by the way. So Susan goes up to uh, to Ben. She's like, hey, you know, you never returned that coffee mug. And Ben's like, oh. 
you know, or I think I left it by the lake. She's like, no, you didn't. He's like, oh, maybe I left it upstairs. She's like, no, you didn't. He's like, what about the garage? She's like, ah, why didn't I think of that? And he fucking grabs her ass and they fucking walk. I'm like, okay. And I was like, are they really going to go fuck right now? Like, is this happening? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was like, did I rent the wrong movie? Okay. So they go to the garage and they just start making out and shit. I'm okay. Okay. I was like, okay, you know, they're making out. Mm -hmm. Everything's fine. You know, I did forget to mention one part. Um, (laughs) before all this happened, like after the, uh, the whole towel, you know, before the whole towel thing happened, you know, Susan with her green eyes, she like took forever with her green eyes. All right. And she, all she did was. You know how, like, you know, with her green eyes, she, like, made that fire, that, that car burst up, in, like, in a second? So this took, like, mm-hmm. almost an hour with her green eyes, and all she did was make the door shake. <laughs> like, she made these well, door her power, shakes. Her powers are very um, uh, situational. Like, they seem to be able to do whatever she needs to do in that moment. Um, so I guess she only needed to make the door shake at yeah. that moment. But, uh, yeah. You so, can kind of um, see, so like, far, yeah. And you can kind of see, like, Susan and then the demons kind of creeping in here and there. So now we're back to the sex, brother. I know that's why everybody's <laughs> back here. Back to the sex. Yeah, back that's to why, the sex. That's why everybody's here to hear my review yeah. about the sex. Yeah. So Ben is like, <laughs> so like Susan's biting his lip and stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, you're dirty, aren't you? All right. <laughs> Susan takes out the top so we see some more tits, and they're getting at it. And I'm like, okay, she's going to kill him? No. They go through with the nope. whole thing. Now, we didn't see the whole thing, okay? But it was implied that they, they did the whole shebang. And then oh, here, they did the whole thing. And then here comes my favorite scene. <clears throat> I fucking got this shit memorized. I don't even have to read notes, all right? So the moon's there, right? Right, right, nighttime. And then, like, I guess yep. there's some sort of, like, a, like, garage bed that they're on. <laughs> they randomly have, like, a bed or something in the garage. I don't, I don't in know. In the garage, exactly. So, like, yeah, what is that for? So Susan's like on her side with her green eyes. You know, obviously she's taken over by a sex demon because the demon was horny to have sex with this creepy gardener, Ben. And this is my boy, Ben. is like, oh. It's like, you know, I've been with a lot of women in my day. You know, a lot of women. But you. A lot. A lot. All right. But you, girl, you were the best. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, he's like, you were the best. It's like, man, I just... I just can't believe this, you know. You know, this is uh this is you know, this is a great moment. But like, you know what? He's like, you know what? Kinda ready for round two. You know what I mean? It's gonna be a it's gonna be a long night for you. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, how about we get this going? And and then uh, Susan's like, okay. He's like, because he's trying to like, you know, he's trying to get some more action out of her. And Susan's like I'm not the one that's going to get going. And then she randomly turns into a demon and like claws his fucking face and then grabs like, it looked like a little, like something, a gardening tool. And then I guess it was a hand or something. And they fucking kills our boy Ben out dead. Wasn't it like, wasn't it a gardening tool? Yeah. It looked like that. Yeah. That gardening tool. You just dig in the dirt with. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like that. So So she turns into like this, like slimy werewolf looking creature demon all right mm-hmm. and then out of fucking nowhere so if you got you guys need you got so there's a there's a couple of different versions of this movie that we watched 
okay? Well, that you can watch, I should say. I only watch one version. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you guys, if you go on YouTube, all right, and you got to search for the first one you see, not not the rent one from YouTube, but like the, the, the second one. The first free one. Yeah, the first free one, yes. But I don't know who the fuck did this dubbing, okay? But like, it was but so he weird. Needs, he needs yeah, to be so like so winner, winner reward. And I don't know, I don't even know why he picked certain songs to go in here, but they were all fantastic. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. So we can. We get Oliver. He's like driving like his fucking car. Right? He's like yeah. fancy like Corvette looking car. And we see like this like R&B like rap music. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get yes. this going. He's like, yeah, 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 girl. We're going to get some loving tonight. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm yeah. like, did he even have this That's, shit back yeah. in the day? <laughs> and who did you say it was? They, they they did not. It was Thug Loving by Ja Rule. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and it's it's just done so well like it's just yes. it's so perfect it's so perfect and like he's like it even goes with like the whole scene like of him driving up and stuff yeah. and closing the car and shit yeah i was like doug loving and so 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 oliver he gets back inside his house and his wife is already like fucking cheated on him with some sort of ugly gardener and shit but she's controlled by mm-hmm. a horny sex demon so she couldn't control herself like some anime character so now right. she is on laying on the floor Oliver walks in. It's like, oh, sorry, I'm late. She's like, oh, it's okay. It's like, oh, where is everybody? She's like, oh, I sent them all, all home early so I can spend more time with you. He's like, oh, yeah, I've never seen you like this before. She's like, well, I never felt like this before. And then they start fucking kissing. And then next thing yep. I know, there's some more fucking <laughs> R&B. Yep. Fucking. <laughs> I actually wrote, try to write down some of the lyrics here. Let me see if I can find them. So, so, so that song was "Knocking the Boots" by H Town. Knocking the boots. Knocking oh, the boots by H Town. Yeah, so, a huge hit in the nineties. Bro, this song was great. <laughs> All right, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like you missing my loving. You missing my loving. They're all like making out and shit. Next thing you know, you hear the guy saying, "Fucking like, yeah, girl, I'm on this track right now." You know, you're about to get your tacos and shit. And I'm gonna be the taco man. <laughs> like, like he, like the, whoever did this on YouTube, for whatever reason he did it, he it, he really spent enough time to get the sound mixed yeah. right, and it, it sounds like it's part of the movie. It's not, it's not um, intrusive or anything. Like, if you didn't know better, you would think it's part of the movie. Yeah, that's great. I don't even know, I mean, it, like. Like, I don't even know if this is, like, his own touch or, like, why they even got rid of some of the music that was in it. Like, because, like, you know, these mo- this well, music funny. was copied. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's you funny. see it. Yeah, yeah it definitely has to be funny. So, I wrote down some of the lyrics. That's funny. I never <laughs> felt like this. They make up some. R- I put some R&B loving tracks. It's like, you loving never felt like this. So sweet. Loving somebody. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> they said some shit yes. about tacos. I was like, this is great. <laughs> so and, after. I mean, I know we're jumping ahead, yeah. but I was going to say the song at the end actually made the movie better, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. But we'll get there. Yeah. So now after the uh, night of sex, she got, she got a two for one special. Uh, so Oliver is now getting ready. 
And he can hear Susan in the background saying, stop it, you know, stop it. You're not me, stop it. You know, get it, you know, don't get, you know, basically somebody arguing with each other. And basically Susan arguing with her demon. So Ben goes there like, hey, you know, I heard you talking to somebody. What's going on? She's like, oh, I wasn't talking to nobody and I'm cooking bacon. And then he's like, okay. So it's like, uh, you know, like, hey, I'm just, you know, I don't really have enough time for, uh, for breakfast and I'm going to be out late tonight. He's like, okay, what time you would be home? He's like, oh, I'm not really sure. It's probably going to be a little late and stuff. He's like, okay, well, you know, I got to tell my, my secret lover not to come by and stuff. They're just kind of like fucking with each other. Yeah. So, sure. oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, sure. Yeah. Because she just had a secret lover. Yes. Yeah, so now, now we know we established that Oliver is going to be out late tonight. So now we have the aunt, Cora. She now arrives at the at their house. And their house, no shit, look exactly like the, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's house. Look just like that. So, so the aunt's now looking around, looking all over for Susan. Can't find her anywhere. She finally goes upstairs. And then, and then aunt, you know, Coral was like, all right, so I fucking brought these estate, estate papers. I don't really know why you need them. And the next thing you know, fucking Susan just turns into a demon. And she uses her demon glowing powers of neon green to lift uh, Cora up in the air over the uh, balcony and he fucking rips her open. Yeah. And then while this is happening, the neon tomb opens as well. So now, a couple hours later, we see Susan. She's like reading a, reading a magazine. Oliver comes home with flowers because he was late. She asks for what's for dinner, and she says she's gonna make. And I never heard this before. Poach salmon. What the hell's a poach salmon? It's a. Uh, you know what poach salmon is? No. What the fuck is it? I have salmon. That's about it. What, what, yeah, what it's doesn't just it mean poach? Cook it. Um, it's just it's just a way to cook it. Um. I mean, I'm not a very good cook, so it's hard for me to describe what poaching is. But have you ever, you never had a poached egg? No. Well, maybe Susan uh, could cook me one. Maybe she could, yeah. And then she could, you know, before she ate you as a demon. Yeah. Like a poached egg. Let's like get some like, demon sex boiled, out of it. Like you put it in water. <laughs> um, gotcha. And then you, you kind of boil it and it's still kind of soft on the inside. Gotcha. Um, I don't really know how to make poached salmon, but it's probably similar. Yeah. Um, well, she says she, she's making poached salmon in her. That's that's what's for dinner. Yeah. So well, now Oliver is sleeping now, and he wakes up and he sees Demon Susan rocking in a chair. And he's all like, oh, that's interesting. And he like creeps out of the room. And then he just ran. So, so Allison, what would you do here? Okay. You have, uh, you have uh, like a, a wife. And she she's known to be have some like you know a little bit of mental issues here and there, but then you wake up randomly after having some poached salmon and her for dinner, and you look over and she's on a rocking chair and she's a demon. Who is the first person you would call? Ghostbusters. Exactly. This motherfucker calls fucking Simon. Okay. Right? Yep. He's all like, "Hey, Simon." It's like, "Uh, yeah, uh, Susan. She's acting a little weird." Like. Saw something awful uh, in there. It was like a. She might be a demon. Yeah, she might be like a demon. I don't know what I saw, <laughs> but you need to come over here right now. I know it's late. 
Like, you need to be here right now. He's like, no, man, it's late. Just book her for an appointment at 2.30. He's like, oh, fuck. Okay. And then, like, Susan scares Oliver. He, like, drops, like, a wine bottle and shit. And she's all like, hey, you know, you going to come back to bed? He's like, oh, I guess so. And then, uh, then of course, you know, Susan looks on, dev- you know, in her evil look. So now we have Susan. She is now dreaming about, like, dancing. All right, and then now we get her dreaming about pretty much everything that's happened so far with her, like, you know, going to the mom's grave, getting her green eyes, fucking that creepy gardener guy, blowing up the bearded dude, you know, killing her aunt. And then during all this stuff, I thought this scene was pretty cool with her list, like, like, her and her demon, you know, gimmick. And she's, like, screaming, but you don't, you can't hear her scream. It just shows her, like, screaming and screaming. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, kind of builds a little bit more character. Like, there's, like, a demon inside of her she can't control. Right, right. So now, Oliver, he's up, and he he's looking worried and stuff. Like, he's, like, looking at her all worried. And now Oliver, and this is the next morning. Now, Oliver, he, like, <laughs> this part, this is actually my second favorite scene in this movie. So Oliver, like, you know, Susan's still sleeping. And this is the morning time. So Oliver, like, runs into, like, Chelsea. He says, like, hey, you know, can you look after Susan this time? She's like, well... Don't you know, Mr. Oliver? Like, she has a, a hair appointment every Thursday. He's like, well, mm-hmm. fuck, how the hell am I supposed to know? And then she's like, he's like, yeah. he's only married to her. Yeah. And he's all like, okay, well, you know, can I get some coffee? She's like, well, we don't got no coffee. We got tea. <laughs> he's like, okay, well, fuck. He's like, hey, I'm going to need some time off. I'm not sure if I'm going to be back here after, uh, you know, after you get back home. She's like, no, I need you to stay here. I need you to watch over Susan, please. You know, and she's like, you know, I don't think I can stay here. You know, you know, I, I got some stuff to do. Oh, is it your sister again? She's like, no, it's spiritual matters. Ooh, yeah. So like, so then she's like, okay, whatever. Oh, this is Oliver. He's like, okay, whatever. Just look over Susan and we'll be back. She's like, I don't fucking want to look. There's some weird people going on in this house. There's some weird, this is what this, Chelsea was saying. There's some weird shit going on in this house and stuff. So it's like she go like goes upstairs, right? She sees like this like neon green fog. She's like, "There's some weird shit in this house." So she goes to try to catch <laughs> Oliver, and she's like, and she 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 says like, "Good googly moogly." I go get me a drink. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck." Yeah. No. First she said like that mother that motherfucker sucker got away. Good googly moogly. I go get me a drink. And then she drinks like the good stuff and everything, and she's nervous. And then, she, and then she's like the smartest person, character in this movie. She goes upstairs. She she sees more of that green fog coming from the room. Yeah. She's like, "I'm getting the fuck out of here. Fuck this house." And she just like r- goes there and runs away. All right. So now we're back with Susan. She doesn't want to see Simon, and she's this is like later on in the day. She doesn't want to see Simon, and she agreed to go because you know because of her nightmares and then Oliver's basically forced, not not forcing her, but, uh, you know, said it'd be good for her. So she agrees to go. So then Mm -hmm. now we have like a a random person calling for Cora, uh, the aunt. And uh, Oliver's like, oh, have you seen uh, Cora anywhere? She's like, oh, no, she wasn't here, but she'll probably show up to wherever she's at soon. And then, uh, then he asks about, hey, you know, have you seen our gardener lately? Like he was supposed to finish that stub. And she's like, oh, you know how the gardener is. You probably just had to give him a call too. It's like, okay, whatever. So she's blowing it off of what she's been doing. So now she, now Susan goes to see Simon, her therapist. 
um, you know, Simon's just blowing off like, hey, you know, you've probably just been tired. I'll give you some pills for sleep. And, you know, Susan's basically, I don't really need any of this stuff. Like, you know, I don't really need anything for my nightmares and stuff. And then, you know, Simon's like, okay, well, let's just try this. Like, can we, let me just try to hypnotize you. You know what I mean? Maybe we can find out what the root of this problem is and stuff. It's like, okay, well, I guess we could try it. So it's like, watch my crystal. And then uh, she goes to sleep. He basically gets her to sleep. He asks her a question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, staying with the, you know. W- w- so now she's woken up. And now Susan has now turned into her younger self. The yes. the Susan Susan Walker from, she's not Susan Farrell right now. She is now Susan Walker when she was 10 years old. And, uh, you know. She's saying, like, you know, with her, uh, she's having, like, she was saying, like, how she had some fun when she was a kid and everything. And then randomly she starts freaking out a little bit. And she has entered the muse- the mausoleum and her green eyes start to appear. Mm-hmm. And now the green eye demon's telling Simon, you didn't know I exist. It's like, <laughs> she's like, where are you, nomad? She, like, laughs at the nomad and stuff. And says, when I come to three, you, and then Simon's like, when I come to three, you will wake up and you won't remember anything. And then he counts to three and she wakes up and she doesn't really remember anything and she leaves. So there is also a part in the movie where while um, Simon was reading the book of Nomad, it basically said that any female of like the Walker race or the Nomad Walker race, if they walk into this particular Tell me if this makes any sense, okay? It doesn't. I could tell you already it so, doesn't, but we'll talk about so it. So <laughs> this guy, this original Nomad guy, wrote this bucking book in yeah. like 1949 right. or some shit. And he said, listen, sure. you, any any of my relatives, the, you guys cannot go into this muse- uh, mausoleum. If you do, this fucking creature is going to take over your body and become a horny sex sure. demon. And I'm like, exactly. listen, motherfucker. So like... You, you, what you're telling me is you would rather give somebody a book that they're not going to read rather than just tearing the shit down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you just, why, why does it need to be here? Okay. Why? Cause then we wouldn't have our movie otherwise. Okay. That makes sense. Because plot reasons. But yeah, I mean like, I'm sure that a lot of people who haven't seen this movie and just listened to the show yeah. are, are saying like, wow, a lot of this stuff sounds really random. And it is like this movie is pretty random. Like everything that happens is pretty arbitrary and random. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but it's, it's, it's entertaining though. Yes. So now, so now after, uh, Simon now realizes that Susan is, has a, uh, green eyed demon with her, within her, uh, he calls up his, uh, I guess his, uh, you know, colleague, Roni, Doctor Roni, Doctor Roni Logan. So he calls her up, you know, talks a little bit about our tour and all this shit. And he basically gets to the point where, hey, I need you to, to come here. I got a, I got a problem with this uh, patient I've been seeing for ten years. All right, so now she's there, and they start talking to you know about you know how Simon's been seeing her for ten years. Um, he told her about the story about the uh, the nomads and stuff. And of course, Roni thinks it's a possession. She's like, hey, has she ever had a history of possession before? He's like, well, listen to the tape and everything. And, you know, it, I, she had green eyes and stuff. I've never seen everything like this before. 
So I think it might be, you know, some possession. But, you know, the doctor, Simon at this time, just thinks it's like a schizophrenia type of thing. Like a, like she she has a form of schizophrenia where it, it like projects out from her. Like it's not like an inside one, but it's like a projecting out from her. So they are, they're trying to figure out a plan. Uh, you know, the, the Simon is not fully on board with like, you know, demons and possession stuff yet. He's kind of like, you know, we got to figure out, you know, uh, he wants to live a more, like, he just wants to live a more, he wants to think about it some more, you know, because he is personal to this subject. That's why we, he called in uh, Dr. Roney to kind of, like, help him out. So now we see Susan, she's outside in laundry, and we got this plant guy shows up, all right? And he, like, mm-hmm. he, like, puts the plant down, knocks on the door, Susan answers, she's like, I ain't heard no plant. He's like, yeah, well, somebody did. You guys like a gardener or something? Maybe he ordered this plant. She's like, no, I didn't order no plant or nothing. But uh, yeah, I was like, I'm. It's like, well, I just need you. To, I like listen, like I don't like do the orders or nothing. I just need you to sign this shit. He's like, well, I'm not gonna sign it. I need you to go call them within the kitchen. If you get what I mean. <laughs> the guy's like, oh, okay. She's like, the kitchen's over here okay. and shit. He's like, all right. And she's like, you know, she's basically in her lingerie saying this to us. So this guy's like, he's like, oh, fuck. I'm like one of those pizza guys in those pornos. I'm about to smash this girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So they go in the kitchen. And this guy just jumps on her, like fucking starts making out with her quick. He's just like, no, no, no. Call first. Call first. We'll do that later. We'll go upstairs later. He's like, all right, whatever. Fuck it. Okay. So he grabs the phone. And Susan starts doing her greed. So now she's not horny anymore. All right, I guess Oliver's been giving her like the the good old staff or something. I don't know. So it's not a horny sex demon anymore. So now she's doing her green eyes on this plant dude, and then like his fucking ear and his face starts melting off. By the way, they had some pretty good gore in this movie. You know, I thought it was pretty good. They did. Yeah, it was it was not bad at all. So his face is like melting all off and everything, and. uh And then she's like turning into her demon self, laughing and everything. And then we see the, uh, then we see like, like a quick shot of like some sort of like demon kids room that is now formed. So now Oliver has arrived. He had no R&B music with him this time, which I was disappointed by. No, it was, it was sad. So now Susan's, she's upstairs playing with her demon box. That's my life notes right there. Uh, Oliver. <laughs> demon box. <laughs> Oliver's now inside the house. Uh, he's like looking around. He sees the blood on the phone. He's like, oh, Susan, hey, you're home. Did you hurt yourself or something? So she goes upstairs. And then, uh, and then she's like, she's trying to go upstairs and ask for Susan. But Susan's like on the top of the, the staircase. He's like, oh, no, I'm just tired and stuff. I'm going to go take a nap. He's like, no, I need, I need you to, you know, t- I need you to talk to you right now. He's like, no, we can't wait till morning. He's like, no, it can't wait till morning. We got to, we got to call Simon and stuff. So he tries to call Simon, no answer. Um, so <laughs> this part's a little funny. So now we get Simon and Rodney. They are going over all of Susan's, um, like, signs that she's possessed. Right, like, and Ryan's like, "Are you telling me? Like, look at these pictures. Like, look at these. Look at these pictures. Look, look at these pictures. Look at this book. 
I mean, all the signs are there. Simon's like, oh, I just thought she was very creative. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, know. the Simon guy just does not want to believe. Yeah, exactly. So eventually he goes on saying all this passage about this no man book, you know, the one that we talked about that the guy couldn't destroy the mausoleum. He had to keep it open and hoped every generation known to man won't walk in there. So, and then, uh, so now, so, so the plot line, what they figured out is they need to go inside the mausoleum and they need to find the crown of thorns and they have to place it on Susan's head because if they do that, the demon will wash away. If only it was that easy in The Exorcist. I mean, come on. All right. If only it was this easy. Yeah, this is a this is this is a way easier plan than than uh, any other possession <laughs> movie I've ever seen. Yes. Okay. So while they're while they're going over the you know so basically Ronnie and Simon they are talking also about like you know what we see right now has Susan is not really Susan. Okay, it's like a demon that has taken over her body. So Oliver, I, you know, he, he he comes by too. Like he comes by to go see Simon in person because he didn't answer the phone call and he's kind of worried about his wife. And so now yeah. Son, Simon and Ronnie are kind of breaking it to Oliver saying like, listen, your wife is not really your wife right now. It, she She's part of this no man gimmick and she walked into a mausoleum where she wasn't supposed to. Now she is inherited by a green neon sex demon and now you know we, the only way to save her is we put this thorn in her head and then while all this is happening susan's just sh- shopping shopping around no problem like going no, there going no, there she finds a painting she's in, yeah right. yeah, she's, yeah i thought this was this was a great scene she's in this yeah. 1980s mall because yeah. it's 1983 she's in and the she uh, finds a slight pan- painting she's in the <laughs> mall of america brother she got her fucking tickets early to go see the hulk hogan uh with the pasta. See nitro. Yeah, see Nitro yeah. and to get that Hulk Hogan pasta. I forgot about that. The Hulk Hogan pasta <laughs> yeah. restaurant. Oh She's waiting for God. it, brother. So she grabs it. She sees this painting. The guy's like, okay, well, you know, I got other ones over here. That one's not mine. She's like, what do you mean? I want this one. She's like, well, somebody bought it. It's not mine anymore. Which is like, well, I want it. He's like, well, you can't have it. And then somebody like gets his attention. <laughs> he just takes it. He's like, man, that's not mine. <laughs> that's not mine. And he runs out to her. And then she started using her demon. And then I was kind of confused by this a little bit. So you're telling me at the yeah. Mall of America, you can be a green-eyed sex demon and you can use your green eyes to kill a, a store owner or a store employee while putting him over the balcony and falling him down onto a table, bloody, and just walk away. Well, yeah, because you don't expect that. They don't know why this is happening. They don't know it's... It's the sex demon that's doing it. They just they don't they they just see him floating above the mall and then falling down onto the table. I'll take you know, they that. don't know why. I'll take that. Sure. So then we see him all bloody and shit. Blood's coming down from this, uh, you know, from the floor and everything. So after the uh, the the, uh, the store employee or owner art guy art gallery guy dies by a huge spike that was randomly on a table in the mall. Oliver's back home and he sees the painting. He's like, what the fuck is this? And then he goes to argue with Susan. Like, what the fuck is this painting all about and stuff? You're acting all weird and everything. And then you go talk to Simon again. And she's like, well, fuck Simon. I'm not going to talk to that guy anymore. So they all get all angry. And she's like using her green eyes a little bit. And then she starts using her green eyes on like the painting. And now the painting is bleeding. 
Is there some sort of like symbol thing I missed here? No, I have no idea what this has to do with anything. I was I could, hoping you would figure it out. Well, the only thing I could think of is like, she's like, oh, there's demons on here. I'm a demon. Maybe we'll get along. <laughs> yeah. When I saw this, I was thinking maybe I missed something. Oh, when I, got I it. saw the saw the, when I saw, saw this originally, I was thinking that, uh, uh, you know, th this would have something to do with the plot of the story, but it really doesn't. So what I was also thinking was, you know, you know, on the first go, uh, no, it was the second Ghostbuster movie. You know, that painting came to life. Oh God! You yeah, know what I mean, brother? Yeah. Maybe the director was like, you know what? I like that Ghostbuster shit. So I'm just saying. So now Oliver, now they apologize to each other. Okay. And she's all talking about how they love each other. And then she's like not taking it too much. And then she starts getting a little pissed off. And she breaks mm -hmm. a plate. All right. And then during all this, Simon, he goes to get the crown. So now Oliver, uh, he's like looking for Susan. Because um, like Susan, after she broke the plate, she went upstairs and everything. And she he's trying to look for her. And then they eventually, he eventually now sees her in the bathtub. And he's starting to apologize to her again. And now Susan's being all sweet and lovable in the bathtub. And he goes there and they say how much they both love each other. And they start to make out. Mm -hmm. So our boy Oliver's like, I'm going to do some make makeup sex, brother. For this fucking demon. So Simon now shows up to the a mausoleum. This guy takes forever to walk up the, the fucking, like this, he takes forever to basically walk up the steps to get the crown of yeah. thorns. Yeah, it does take a minute for yeah. him to get there. He's on a quest. So I don't know if it was just his knees were bad or he was like freaked out <laughs> on the two. So, so Oliver's are like, yeah, yeah, man. we could take that trip that we were talking about now. You know what I mean? Cause like you know, I closed that deal, mm -hmm. and then you know, while all this happening, we get, we cut back to uh, Simon goes slowly up the stairs, and then Susan's eyes glow green. Maybe she doesn't like taking trips, and she eventually, it looks like she bites Oliver, but what happened was, she turned into her demon, and now she has demon face titties. <laughs> Yeah, I was pretty astounded at this. So she has she has she has demon faces on her boobs. Yeah. So not only is a horny sex demon that glows mm. eyes, green eyes, yep. and slimy, but now it has demon faces for titties. And our boy Oliver yes. has now been chopped. And yeah. So he falls in the bathtub, he's all fucked up now. And then for <laughs> For for the whole Simon plot of him grabbing the, the crown of thorns, did he get past some more sex uh, demon spells and, and green neon lights? No, he just took the crown and left. Yep. 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 Pretty uneventful. Well, he's got to get on. We got to get the plot going. So yeah, he's got to get to save the day, right? Yeah. I mean, we already got demon titties. I mean, we kind of reached our yeah. apex over here. So. Yeah, exactly. So now Simon, he pulls up to the house. Goes upstairs. This is all slow. Like this takes forever. All this stuff right here. So we're we're not we're not, we're not going too fast. Okay. So Simon goes up. He's going to Susan's room. Goes outside. Gets scared by a cat. And then he eventually goes into the the bathtub area, and he sees dead Oliver there. 
Mm-hmm. And then he, he finally hears Susan playing with her doll in her demon kid's room. Yeah. Uh, then she, Susan screams a little bit. Simon goes through there. She goes to like some sort of portal to get to her room. And he sees around her, her demon room that there's a bunch of dead bodies, all the dead bodies that she's killed. Uh, you know, over this whole movie. And she's like, hey, he's like, hey, I see you, Uncle Simon. See, she's like, where's Oliver? And he's like, I don't know where Oliver's at. She's like, oh, you know, I never, I never loved so much as, as much as, uh, as I like the, as I love Oliver. And I also love this house too. You know, this house is, you know, very special to me. And then, you know, and then Oliver's like, yes, this house has a lot of memories and stuff for you in there. Because apparently, like, you know, her mom was like, you know, lived in a house and she got, you know, mm-hmm. killed and possessed as well, as we found out. So, and they kept talking about that. So basically, Simon kind of spills the beans to her. So, so the demon Susan is having trauma right now because she's like, she's like, my mother lived here and here. My, I always had great times and, and stuff in this house. My mother lived here and everything. And that, that man, he, you know, he ruined it. He killed her. And then Simon's like, no, he did not. What happened was the evil creature, the, the, the evil creature killed, killed your mom. Not, not, not your dad. Your dad tried to stop him. So we got a little bit more of what happened. So basically, the same demon somehow possessed the mom and then it got into the girl. So maybe the mom visited the mom. You know, this guy's book didn't really work out that well. Like, we already had like two. How many cases have we had of this shit already? Like, nobody raises this fucking book, apparently. Yeah, well, yeah. And that's why the mausoleum has to be there so that it can hold the crown of thorns since nobody, since they're going to need that because nobody reads the book. Yes. So he's like, no, you are cursed because of this nomad's curse and shit, and it's evil. And then he fucking, so he's like, I'm going to have to finish what your father started. And he puts the crown on her. So he puts the crown yes. on her, finish what the father started. All right, she starts going crazy. All right. Yeah. The fucking face turns into, like, for the evil. And then, like, all, all this, the, my favorite part of this whole thing is, like, when she was, like, transforming into a demon. Like, yes. you see, like, the demon titties going up and down. You just see Simon's face, like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this whole thing looked pretty cool. Like, yeah. they had the little animatronic, uh, uh, like, the, like the, like the, uh, like the, uh, what are they, I don't know what they call it. Animatronic? Well, it's oh. kind of animatronics, but they put air tubes underneath the mask that she's wearing. Yeah. And it makes the, like, the uh, forehead move around like it's, like it's changing. Um, and then they had they had it super the two different demon makeup superimposed over her face. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. I mean, it was it was pretty cool. Um, I thought the demon like when she's walking around actually looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all kind of an it's kind of uneventful though because you know I expected there to be more of a fight. You know, like yeah. uh, you know the power of Christ compels you kind of thing. And he just kind of just walks up to her and puts a crown of thorns on her head, and then she exactly. starts like freaking out or whatever. Yeah. So basically uh, anyway. the the demon spirit like structure goes back to the neon tomb, and then we have Susan there, like normal Susan, like the like the, the, kind of like the. See, we turn back into normal Susan, right? And the demon goes back into its tomb layer, 
So the doctor yeah. grizz up Susan. She doesn't know what the hell's going on. She's like, hey, we need to go. We need to go right now. We have no time to talk. We have no time. All right. So we have this long scene, like the demon in the mausoleum. There's a green, there's like green fog everywhere. There's those neon purple lights in the background. Looks like a right. rave was about to happen. All right. We got <laughs> yes. rats everywhere, brother. All right. And then fucking Simon just takes her inside the fucking tomb. They get there, right? They go inside the tomb. There's lightning everywhere. Like, lightning is going everywhere. Susan doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And then Simon just gets her to the tomb. He's like, hey, you got to do this shit. She's like, what the fuck? What do I got to do? She's like, only you have the power to do this. You could do it. You could stop him. So she grabs the crown. And, like, there's, like, the demons, like, halfway in, like, the grave and stuff. Like, it's, like, a little tomb area. Mm-hmm. And then she like goes to the, she goes like slowly to the demon, the demon grave and stuff. And she just puts the crown yep. on the demon. All right. And then Susan stands over the neon purple lights, demon tomb. And then, and then eventually the, 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 the demon just goes in to the tomb. Simon puts a jacket on her and they just leave. And she doesn't really understand yep. what's going on. And I was like, well, nope, I don't know either. Neither do we. Exactly. We don't understand what's going and on. Then, and then, the probably like the saddest part of the movie, she, Susan's like, <laughs> well, where's Oliver? You know, where's he at? He's like, well, Simon's like, well, I got to explain, <laughs> I got to explain that one to you later. <laughs> <laughs> Turns so, out you killed him. Yeah. Imagine that conversation. <laughs> How come we didn't get to see that shit? That would have been great. So <laughs> like, uh, by the way, Susan, uh, yeah, you know the husband, you kind of killed him with your demon six. Yeah, you kind of, kind of, Oh, uh, by the way, yeah, your aunt, kind of, yeah, he's like, dead too. So, yeah, he's sorry. Dead or she's too. dead he kinda, too. He kind of ate his chest. Yeah. yeah. So sorry. Kind of blew up his chest. Yeah. Well, you know, you're all fixed now. You're not like you're going to go to jail or anything. You're good to go. Yeah. You're good to go. Yeah, we'll just tell the uh, judge and the, the jury, like, hey, was this some sort of a sex demon with t- demon titties? We'll be all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so they leave the room. There's no more green light. So I guess the, the curse of the nomad demon, sex demon is gone. I guess Simon. So this this part totally put me for a loop. So so Simon puts on Susan <laughs> in the car and he just goes up yeah. to some guy just hanging out as the fucking uh, on a on like a grave wearing like a, a tomb. Yeah, wearing a robe. Wearing a robe, and a, yeah. And a hood. Yeah, playing with flowers. And he's all like, goes up to guys like, listen, you have to protect this tomb. You got to make sure nobody enters this mausoleum ever, just like your forefathers. I'm like, well, fuck, if it's the forefathers, that motherfucker's failed too. I didn't know this guy's going to do it. <laughs> That's how I was thinking. And then during this, so the, the dubbed mu- music for this <laughs> was was actually pretty great. Yes. I was actually, uh, yeah. uh, like, I was like, wow, oh, where did this one come from? Um, it was, um, oh God, I got it right here. Somebody's watching me by Rockweld. Yeah, uh, which actually did come out, I believe, in 1983. Uh, actually, I have it right here. Um, pretty sure I saved it on here. So let's see. Okay, so somebody's watching me is one song by R&B singer Rockweld. The song was Rockwell. released on January 14th, 1984. But hold on, oh, hold oh, on, you're yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. But but it was recorded in 1983. So. So what I'm thinking was our boy Simon, you know what I mean? He's like, yeah. listen, I got the pre- I got the pre-recording before the release date, so I'm gonna play it in my movie. That's what that's that's what I thought it was, you know. Like you know how like sometimes you get a tracks before they actually officially come out, you can use it in your movie. 
Yeah. That's what they got. Right. That's what Mausoleum got for yeah. this famous track. But so. but it was so perfect, though. Like, yeah. as soon as he, he says, like, just like your forefathers before you, nobody can enter this tomb or whatever. Yeah. And then he turns around and walks to the car. Yeah. And it just immediately starts with the do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. And the who's watching. Yeah. It's, yeah, so, it's so good. Like, this guy's brilliant. Yeah. Like, whoever, whoever made this dub is fucking great. And then after they have that, after Simon leaves and we finally get the shot of who was the hooded figure, and it was... And who was it? Ben the gardener. Yeah, so who was dead? Who was dead. But he's here now and he's yeah. laughing at me. <laughs> like, I got you, sucker. Yeah, that's right. You, yeah. You got swerved. He's like every fucking... He's like, <laughs> he's like every fucking movie. He's like, yeah, I swerved you. That's right. You suck. You mark. Yeah. Like, Fuck. Why are you laughing at me? Yeah. So, I mean, now it makes the early, earlier parts of the movie make sense, like why he's looking in the windows and everything. Yeah. So but, I, but he died, and now he's back in the movie again. So maybe, and, and maybe how does Simon the, know all this. Like he didn't even believe any of this earlier. Yeah. How, yeah, how did the fuck did he know this guy was the fucking caretaker? Right. Exa- there was exactly. caretakers? I mean, I guess he, he was the caretaker of the cemetery, but I guess that... Well, that one guy he got his head book. blown off. Right. But I guess he read the book, and then he's like, holy shit, maybe this oh. is real. Oh, it's one of those guys. Oh, yeah, I read the book. So in the <laughs> book, brother... <laughs> <laughs> he was one of those guys. Like in the in this movie we watched, he was like one of those book guys. Yeah, and the book brother it told me there was like, well, fuck. Thanks for telling me. All right, I was just watching this shit. I yeah, couldn't I, tell. I, yeah, I'm the book guy. Like, yeah. If you go see a movie with me, I'm the book guy. Well, yeah. if you read the book, then you know that this happened. Yeah, if you read the book, you would know that Ben the Gardener was some sort of like caretaker creature guy. Whose main mission was to have sex with the demon and then die and then get resurrected to laugh at me at the end. That's what his character was. If you read the book, brother, you would have known this. It's it's great. So, but yeah, everybody, this was a really fun movie. I actually really enjoyed this the one. Classic. So, classic. This movie's great. It it, it is very. It, you know, the I, we said this before on a couple of shows. There are certain horror movies that are just fun. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they don't have to make a lot Life of sense. Should be fun sometimes. Stuff. Yeah. Like, they don't have to make a lot of sense. They just have to, like, if you watch it, you're like, man, this is just goofy. It has the right amount of cheese. So everybody check it out. You know, it's a little hard to find. But like I said, if you watch the version on YouTube, bro, this is great. With the dubbed-in music, you know, with the mm. green eyes. They don't they don't censor anything. You get to see everything all in action. It's great. So. But the retro blood will be rolling on as we finish up next month with our graveyard yeah. and cemetery and we're doing a totally different movie <laughs> than probably all the ones that we did on here. We're actually doing yes. a classic. You know, not a lot of times on the Retro Blood that we do classic movies, but we're definitely doing uh, yeah. a classic at this one because we are talking all about the Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery probably mm-hmm. cost more to make than all the other movies we did this month combined. Yes, pretty much. And it probably had more <laughs> audience for all the uh, movies that they combined yeah, too. So true, true. We're going to see... Uh, all of it, Stephen King and one of his most famous movies. It's going to be very fun to talk about. And actually, now that I think about it, I don't really know if I've ever seen the original Pet Cemetery too. So this would be pretty fun to me. I'm pretty sure I have. Oh, I mean, wow. I, okay. I, I, yeah, I got to, you know, when we watch it, I'll, I'll remember if I have, but I don't think I have though. So that should be pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a good discussion. Very fun. Everybody then will tell you about a little bit what's happening for our next month in April as well. So everybody, since I did the music this 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 week, I will 
I will lead us with some Warlord. And of course, I'm going to be doing Deliver Us from Evil. Because, you know, you know, like our boy Simon. You know, he, deli- yeah. he, he delivered us for some evil because he found the crown of thorns. He read the book of Nomad. Yep. And he now made the sacred pact with the dead gardener Ben to watch over this <laughs> tomb for centuries until we get a sequel that we'll never get, brother. Right. To let to let no more nomads into the uh, into the uh, cemetery. He could have just told uh, Susan not to have any kids, and then this would have been the end of it because it goes to the female bloodline. Remember? Yeah. Well, we could so just if she like, doesn't you know, have any kids, and it's over. But. I mean, we could just fucking knock down the fucking mausoleum and solve all our problems, oh, yeah, but we can't do exactly. that. Exactly. Right. <laughs> can't do all that you know but then, we can then we'd have no place to store the crown of thorns yeah i mean we could fucking That's tear down we could tear down toys r us but we can't tear, <laughs> tear down this fucking shit okay right exactly but everybody we will check you here next week for the retro blood jay austin james time see you guys later see you